Each episode of Education with an Edge is meant to create, cultivate, and inspire honest discussion about issues affecting youth. Hosted by author, artist, educator, advocate, and speaker, Jaquel Lane. Hello and welcome to Education with an Edge. My name is Jaquel Lane and this is the podcast where every child matters because that's what we truly believe and you should too. I am so very honored, fortunate, blessed, excited to be here with one of my dearest friends. Um, I like to call him a storyteller because he, he documents extraordinarily important events in people's lives and he's documented the most important events in my life and um I'm so very grateful and he's he's honest um he is just an absolutely beautiful soul but I'm here with Joshua Fu uh photographer and director he is someone that loves food and he loves art and um it is in that order that the Shenandoah Iowa natives pastoral and urethral food photography seems to permeate from his visual kitchen. Fu captures images with a chef's palette and captures food with a photographer's eye, backed by a degree in culinary arts and experience in television and film production. The professional photographer has worked with celebrity chef Bobby Flay, Converse, and on marketing projects for Lipton Ice Tea and Bolt House Farms. His photographs have, have appeared in Aisa Malkowitz's Super Fun Times Vegan Holiday Cookbook, Cosmopolitan Magazine, Huffington Post, the Barracks and Thrillist. Fu is always hungry. His appetite for collectible dishes and kitchenware is equally insatiable. Um, and you can find him on Instagram at Josh Fu Loves You and I, Joshua Fu, love you. So <laughs> thank you for being here with us today on Education with an Edge. I've been looking forward to this seriously all month. So. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, he's also like the, you're, you're like the most humble person. So I'm sure like me going on about your accomplishments, but I always, I always told you, I was like, I want you to literally, I mean, I want to work with you on seriously every single project. I want to have you photograph every single important event. Cause I'm afraid that New York or LA is going to snatch you up away from us. Um, we're so fortunate to have you in Omaha. So, oh, thank you. You're yeah. wonderful. Very kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the truth. Um, so I, first of all, I'm so honored that you're here because you're busy all the time, which is awesome because you're so phenomenal. Um, you are honestly a creative genius. But you've been working um, with co-creator Lauren Abel um, and line producer Sam Fu, as well as producer Jesse Hassler on a project since March, was, which is obviously when the COVID-19 pandemic broke out. And it's called Right Here, Right Now. And it's documenting the effects of the pandemic on small businesses and individuals in the Midwest. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to your website, which you can find um, Josh's project uh, at www.righthereightnowproject.com, as well as their Instagram, um, which is at right here right now project. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about this? And and I've been following you like during the pandemic and seeing this and where did this idea come from and, and how did it morph into this huge, I mean, this really intense, important project? Yeah. Um, when everything kind of started happening and the restrictions started coming in, um, my friend Lauren and I went and got coffee at Archetype downtown 
And um, I brought my camera just because I started seeing signs posted about being closed. And I thought, you know, I'd just walk around, take some photos of signs. And um, we started chatting even more. And she's a cinematographer. And um, we started talking about, you know, doing these video portraits. And it kind of evolved into, um, you know, like what the project is now where we do interviews with people, photos. And then we also transcribe the interview raw, like as it is and post that in an audio format so yeah at the beginning we just kind of popped into different places randomly um there's a couple chefs that i know and we just kind of went in there and boiler room was one of the first restaurants that we went to and um they had kind of you know everybody's closing up and saying their goodbyes at that time and it was just kind of a surreal experience and we were just kind of like flies on the wall just kind of watched what was going on and talked to people and um the whole thing was more of like almost like a therapy <laughs> you know it was very cathartic experience yeah, yeah yeah i mean because you know you omaha is a pretty tight-knit community and you you know end up caring about so many people especially in the service industry and you know and their job is to serve the community um and so, yeah, we were just kind of going along with what was happening. And I think we did 70 interviews in the first month. And then um, it just kind of kept going. And, uh, yeah, we're still continuing still. So, I think what's beautiful about the Right Here, Right Now project is that I said at the beginning of my, my introduction um, of you in the beginning is that you're, you're a storyteller, and in order to tell the entire story, while it's while it's beautiful and sometimes human nature to only want to capture the beautiful images or the or the quote unquote good times, it's also equally important if you're going to be a truth teller like you are to capture the times and moments in our lives that are maybe the most heartbreaking and heart wrenching. And that's what I find is so beautiful about this project and that's what I think our our audience will find because Omaha I I used to know the statistic I should have I should have done it before but we have the most restaurants per capita uh you know uh than than many places and and many of these individuals were left without jobs or left without a livelihood and so I can only imagine yeah I think you know we you know, restaurants are always so accessible, you know, especially before the pandemic hit. And I think a lot of people have realized, you know, especially the the people that frequent these places have realized um, maybe they've taken that service for granted at times, you know. Um, I spend a lot of my time photographing in kitchens and even on my days off, I'll just kind of pop in and <laughs> say, hey, you don't know me, can I just come and take pictures? Um, and uh, you see how hard they work. And you know, you have celebrity chefs out there and, and things, but, um, you know, especially on a local level, like the time that a lot of these chefs take to find good products that also support, you know, local farmers and, you know, even just the way they try to treat their staff, you know, um, and make sure everyone's heard um, in the kitchen. And, you know, it's just, it's a, I don't know, it's that Midwest ethic, I think, that, that really shows. And I've just always loved being around people and you know the pandemic just made me think so much I learned from every single person we interviewed I learned something you know like for myself like even you know when we get frustrated or something um 
there's uh, one interview we did um, with Ken Schroeder, and he had said, you either get bitter or you get better. And so we kept <laughs> saying that. that all the time. And um, we, we interviewed um, Chris Stouthazard, and uh, he had mentioned, you know, there's so much news and so many things going on that we're just, you know, we get on our phones, and it's just all this stuff. And he had um, said, you know, not maybe a direct quote, but he said, you know, my diet doesn't consist of dread. And that stuck with me because I'm like, you know, I don't, whatever you feed yourself, you know, is, is a lot of times what we also spew out or, you know, a lot of fear and, and things like that. And um, at least for in my life, I try to eliminate that and just love people. And I think you can learn so much about everybody and yourself by doing that. I love that you said that as well. And those quotes, first of all, I need to write them down because that's definitely it this point in time in this year, I think that just encapsulates so much of what we're all feeling is that there's only so much that we can control. Um, and so if we can control our attitude, that's such a large part of it. And then also how we treat other people. Um, but I also love that you took, like I said, something that is very raw and you turn it into a learning experience of overcoming adversity And a huge part of this podcast is that it's my hope that young people who are dealing with difficulty, who are dealing with adversity in their life, learn from individuals like you, learn from the individuals that you've interviewed through this project about how do I take something that's negative that's happened in my life, because negative things are going to happen to all of us, Mm -hmm. and how do we turn it into something beautiful, or how do we learn from it, or how do we get better? As your friend said, I either get bitter or I get better, (laughs) right? Um, That's going to wind up on something. He needs to (laughs) to get the the rights to that right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I admire you so very much, um, you and your friends so very much for doing this, because I'm even thinking, you know, I mean, to get the idea for a project like this, like this is how this has really turned into a huge movement. And I don't think that any of us knew how long the pandemic was going to last and how long this was going to go on. And I actually just read, it's funny that you say that about restaurants because I just read an article and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was talking about how that (laughs) was her biggest thing that she missed, like was going to a restaurant Mm -hmm. that did we ever think, or do you remember the last time that you were able to sit with your family Mm -hmm. at a restaurant and be really well taken care of? And were we present in that moment or did we take it for granted? And that's, that's something that I've tried to remind myself to like throughout this, like what was the last time, you know, Mm -hmm. can you think back to the last time that you did this, that you went to a concert that you, um, you know, whatever you did, mm-hmm. but just being really cognizant about being in the present moment because you never know. Yeah, I think um, that's one big thing I've definitely learned is <clears throat> kind of like not thinking so far ahead and just being here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even with work, just <laughs> organizing, updating my website, doing things that I always think I don't have time for. And I think for me, even just people in my life, like I think I get so you know, I'll have like four ideas going on all the time and, um, you know, and I just need to take more time to see if people are okay, you know, and even just with yourself checking in and being like, am I okay? Right. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, this, even though there's been a lot of hardships um, that have happened last year and, I mean, 
everything. And, you know, there, there's, man, like I've learned so much just about being grateful for what I have and not worrying because worrying just gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that, that being able to be grateful, right, like that's kind of like the fuel that, that carries you on. And I think there's moments where it's hard to find what you're grateful for. Um, and, f- you know, just talking about me personally, sometimes I get stuck in this bubble and, you know, it's kind of like if you're in a big, you know, <laughs> sphere of like fog and that's all you can see. And then you just step out of it and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's like all this other stuff around me that's available. And I think, um, yeah, just trying to stay positive as much as you can. Um, the way you speak, you know, that's something I've been trying to fix is not saying like, well, I hope, or maybe you know, it's just kind of more of like, um, Positive affirmations, mm-hmm. I guess, which mm-hmm. really helps, which I used to laugh about <laughs> right, <laughs> before, right. you know, and then I started listening to, you know, some podcasts or l- listen to, you know, just even the daily affirmation things. Sure. I'm like, you know, this, this is just a good reminder, mm-hmm. you know. So one thing that I've been practicing um, even a little before this was like every morning <clears throat> that I wake up, um, I think about like whoever pops in my head. Mm-hmm. I just think about them and I just say thank you. Um, you know, if I'm brushing my teeth, I start thinking about, you know, like just anybody, even from the interviews. And I just said, you know, I'll start saying, even though no one can hear me, I just go, they're going to have a really great day today. Like, you know, just speaking good things to them. 100%. It kind of helps you take your mind off of your own, Mm -hmm. what your daily worries would probably be that, you know, you don't really need to, you know, give attention to maybe, um, insecurities and (laughs) things like that. And then focusing on other people. You know, that's my practice, I guess. I love that. I love that. Um, Well, I, once again, highly recommend you going to the website, um, com, and then checking out their Instagram, um, Right Here, Right Now Project. And that's what we were talking about, too, just being in the present moment. This is what's going on right now in history. This is what's this is where we're at, and um, it's been such a, a wonderful movement to document small businesses. Um, and I know you focus on focus on restaurants predominantly, but to see how it's affected everyone, and that's beautiful, and there's humanity in that. So thank you for having the courage, first of all, you and your team to do that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you, too, is that we're going to focus on new and great things that you're doing. So you just currently moved into a new studio space a few months ago, and you are taking phenomenal photos <laughs> of, of portraits of people. Um, so tell us about that. How is that going? Uh, it's going well. Um, we moved into uh, North Downtown in an area called Bench. It's kind of a shared space with um, artisans. There's jewelry makers, artists, um, woodworkers, just everybody. It's a nice little community of people. Um, but, yeah, we, we – I thought it over, and the project is kind of what sparked the idea of saying, okay, well, it'd be nice to have a place to go and um, be, because typically when I'm working, I'm always out. Like, I usually go somewhere <laughs> to You're shoot. on location, yeah. Yeah, I'm always on location. Right. Um, but it's nice having a studio because I'm able to kind of, like, practice different lighting um, and just even different ideas I have. Like, I've been painting my own backdrops, which has been really fun, and um, I've been really into kind of studying and researching um, old Renaissance painters or like Rembrandt um, and how they paint the light. You know, a lot of times it's this one source lighting and it's really moody and 
I just, I like it. So trying to recreate things like that or um, like Betty Crocker cookbooks. I love, <clears throat> I love Betty Crocker. <laughs> yeah. I have a giant collection. It's terrible, but um, so recreating kind of that through photography, um, just things I've always loved. So having a space has really helped to do that. And I think because of the pandemic, it's a little easier to be able to schedule people in separately. Yeah. Um, it's not a huge space, but um, it's, it's intimate and, and really nice to be able to do things there. I'm excited for our listeners to check out your work too, because I remember, I mean, I've, I've known you for a long time, six years, seven <laughs> years. Oh my goodness. And I just remember, <laughs> I remember a friend that was like, you know, I know this super cool cat, Josh <laughs> Fu, and you got to check out his stuff. And I mean, I just, in terms of photography and if, you know, people, because sometimes people don't, they don't take time to get their photos taken or their family photos taken because life is busy or whatever. But it's like the only, I mean, and I hope you take this as a compliment. It's just the truth that comes through in your photographs. Like even when I scroll through your Insta or, I mean, I look, it's just, it's beautiful. The, the truth within your photos is the real person. And, and the, I hope, I mean, yeah, no, that's I what we should that. all want, right? Because yeah. there's sometimes we're afraid certain parts of us that are going to be seen and how's it going to be interpreted. And, and, and it's like, it all goes away when you see these, when, when you see Josh Fu's work, it's just, and you see yourself, I mean, the way that the artist sees you, it's phenomenal. Well, I've always had fun photographing <laughs> you. you know, I, I, we I always would, have a good time. We have a great time. Um, and I treasure, I treasure them. I really do. Um, and will forever. So, in fact, I'm going to book myself and do <laughs> studio. <laughs> Just come on down. <laughs> Just gonna come on down. Come on down. With my dogs. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, another thing that I love about you and your family um, is that, you know, you took your love of art and photography because of, you know, and kind of meshed your love of food, which is so super cool. And I've seen so many of your photos that are absolutely beautiful. And so one of the things that I want to talk to you about is your brother and you went to Japan pre-pandemic and photographed and filmed two Omaha chefs on their food journey. Tell us about that. How phenomenal. It was a great time. I always wanted to go. I went to Japan when I was like three. I don't remember. I just remember I lost yeah. my G.I. Joes in the airport. And I was really upset about it. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. If anybody has those, return them. <laughs> yeah, I went back looking for them. Um, no, I went with um, uh, Dave from Yoshitomo. He owns Yoshitomo. And um, Kane Atkinson, who Kane, we've been following around for, man, probably almost three years now just kind of working on a documentary about his story and his, his family and brothers. And, um, yeah, Dave was set to go on a trip. He usually goes every year and, um, invited us out and kind of went there, ate a bunch of food mainly and ran around, took pictures. And it was just such a neat, beautiful place, you know? And yeah, I don't know. It was almost surreal, like a, a dream. And it was, Amazing. I love going on trips with my brother. Um, he's the youngest in our family, so he used to change his diapers when he was little. Oh, Sam. <laughs> yeah, now he's a, b- a big boy. But, yeah, it was my favorite part, honestly, was, um, you know, we'd go r- walk around at night, and we were in um, Kyoto, and there was, like, these huge, beautiful temples, and it was dead silent, and it was kind of misting, you know, in the air. And the photos that Sam got were just gorgeous and it was just so neat to just watch him go and and create this you know 
this work and um there's one photo that i'm obsessed with i keep trying to get a print from him but um it was a family that was walking just in a straight line and you know the the dad mom and i think it was their daughter had a, you know umbrellas and it was just this beautiful oh, moment beautiful. and i told him i'm like when i look at that picture i can hear what it you know like i can hear what it sounds like there you know so um but yeah i mean eating was great watching him eat a bunch of different food is always fun too and um i think we went out to san francisco with kane and um he had like he had tried truffles for the first time and it was really fun to watch you know <laughs> the things like that right. or japan he ate a lot of interesting things too that um i didn't but <laughs> uh, it was fun to watch it but yeah and and the, the one thing that was really neat there was you know i don't speak japanese um but you know i can't help myself like if i see people I'm like can i take your picture yeah. and even though there was kind of a language barrier there it was just so neat how we could understand each other and Absolutely. it was just nice to let people just be them in their environment and um but yeah i mean i got a couple of portraits of chefs and um yeah it was just a really good time saw my old roommate from college he oh, lives there awesome. so <laughs> oh, that's awesome well, yeah. And I think any time that you're able to immerse yourself in a culture that, you know, I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So. Yeah. It, and it was fun, too, getting to know Dave and Kane. We all got a lot closer and had a pretty wild <laughs> time. <laughs> Walked a lot. My, yeah. Man, my feet hurt. <laughs> I wore the wrong shoes, I think. Um, and uh, But, yeah, it was, it was a really great, a great time. And Dave and I have been working on other projects together. Um, and... Uh, I don't know if I can talk about that yet. Oh, right. Okay. But it'll be That'll really be the cool. Next, maybe <laughs> a next episode. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I love, you've always got something up your sleeve. So <laughs> lots of, lots of dialogue. <laughs> Gotta stay busy. That's right. Um, so, you know, you, and, and kind of talking about what's new and upcoming with you. And as I said, you've always got something going on, which is what I love about you. You're always you are a true creator. You're always creating. You're always, from an artist's perspective, you're always working, honing your craft and things like that. Um, so have you, I kind of heard a little birdie told me you're jumping into, you know, photogra um, photographing interiors and architecture, like mm. hotels and real estate. So tell us about that. Has that been fun? Yeah, it's been, I'm always looking for something different yeah. so yeah. a lot of times people are like oh what kind of photography do you do and i'm like well if it, you know if you need someone with a camera i can you know show up for <laughs> yeah. you um but you know architecture is such a different approach to photography and um you know understanding the light like how things come in and different exposures and things like that and so um i've been photographing hotels for a little while um, which is always really fun because I, I usually do kind of like the restaurant areas and, and kind of the food <laughs> food focus yeah. spots. Um, but yeah, that and real estate. My brother does um, some real estate video that's really cool. Like he does these awesome like walkthroughs that just a different vibe. Like, I, <laughs> you know, it's a different, maybe it's because we're not originally from that background, but seeing it, you know, him do that's really cool. But yeah, architecture um, has been really fun because I'm used to movement and working with people and so being able to s just stop and look at something and study it and really take it in and um it's helped me also you know you talk about being present <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a zen thing and um even landscape stuff i i think i've taken nebraska for granted in general mm -hmm. um 
but almost every week I try to drive as far as I can before the sun goes down and come back home. And um, I've been doing landscape photography, which I hadn't, I just never wanted to do it. Sure. Because um, I'm like, oh, a cornfield or <laughs> right. a windmill. But um, sometimes there's just a gorgeous cornfield and the perfect sunset or, you know, just really interesting thing i thought i saw a bunch of turkeys and there were vultures oh so wow that was <laughs> i was like look at these turkeys and they started flying really high and i'm like what's going on but <laughs> yeah there's a lot of magic in the midwest i think and um just being able to capture what i see is also a way for me to kind of keep that memory um especially this year yeah <laughs> kind of documenting all that right so, yeah because yeah. we're always so fixated on going and mm. especially you you're so coveted and People are flying you, you know, companies are flying you, people are flying you all over, you know, um, for your expertise and, and your art. But it's, I have seen some of your photos that you've taken um, in Nebraska. And I just, I think that it's beautiful how you, I, I think your photographs are beautiful and I think that they tell a story. And so I think that's really neat that you're doing that. I and we should all, it. we should all stop and appreciate you know, it makes us think, it makes us stop, it makes us evaluate, you know, mm -hmm. the constant yearning to be somewhere else when it's right out our front door, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, even nowadays, almost everyone has a camera, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what age you are, most people even have access to a phone, most, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then, you know, kids even sure. <laughs> take their parents' phone or yeah. whatever, um, and they all have cameras mainly um, now, and so... There's a lot of things, I don't know, like as a photographer, there's times where I don't even want my camera. I just want to experience something and be there. But every time I do that, I also kind of want my camera. Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think it's the, yeah, that's a lot of the learning that I've been doing is just being patient. And even now when I do portrait sessions with people, um, you know, you put a camera in front of someone's face, instantly people start to think about, how I'm going to look, mm -hmm. how's my hair, mm -hmm. how's my face, how's this, like, and then, you know, these insecurities of things that, you know, people have told us, growing, maybe, sure. you know, mean things that people have said, and it sticks with us even from childhood. And so what I try to do um, is free people in that moment, just kind of free everybody of that. And sometimes I'll make people do really weird things that make no sense, just to kind of break that thought process. Um, but I think, uh I started doing like meditations, um, just like breathing mm -hmm. kind of things. And um, I kind of taken that and put it into photography. So a lot of times before we take these pictures, I'll do kind of this breathing exercise and you can watch the body just calm, like the whole thing. And, you know, or sometimes I'll tell people, you know, imagine your body just like, you know, from your head all the way down your toes, just kind of like relaxing all the way down, like your body's going through the floor. And you just see this totally different person and um, more relaxed. And a lot of times by the end of the session, everyone's just like, wow, you know, <laughs> it's it's fun. Like we, it's a, a thing we share together. And I'm always very, very grateful um, when people allow me to take photos of them because it is a very intimate. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. an intimate thing. Um, you know, I mean, we're so saturated with images everywhere, but like when I was in Western Nebraska, I was doing a shoot um, for a bank, and um, it was one of the funnest things I've done. But we ended up going to eat at a restaurant. I think it was in Paxton, Nebraska, mm -hmm. and the waitress there was just amazing. Like she had been there forever, and like um, 
I don't know, there's just something really special about her. And I asked her, I was like, is it okay? Can I take your photo? You know, I would just really love to take your picture. And she's like, oh, okay. And got really excited. And she brings over this book and she said, this is the last photo I had taken. And it was um, kind of like a road, a road trip book through the U.S. And that restaurant was in it. And she got her photo in the picture. And so we went out and took photos. And um, pretty soon this truck pulls up. And uh, I guess it was her husband. And I was like, she's like, oh, my husband's here. I was like, well, you should probably go tell him. <laughs> so it's not some <laughs> strange guy taking your picture in the alley. And she comes over and I say, can I take photos of both of you? And they looked at each other and said, after we had taken the pictures, we were like giggling and made them, you know, smooch each other and whatever. But um, it was funny because she was at work. <laughs> I pulled her away for like 20 <laughs> minutes. It's okay. Um, but they told me, they said, you know, um, these are the only pictures that we've ever had taken of us since we've been together. And I said, did you do wedding pictures? And they said, no, we didn't, we didn't have the money or whatever. And I was like, well, how, how long has that been? She said 25 years. And it really made me think about, um, you know, photography as a tool, like a, maybe even a gift that you can give somebody. And so, you know, I sent, sent it to them and, um, yeah, those are the moments that I really love. Like, I mean, like, of course, we need money, you know, to work. But I just really, I've always loved people. And being able to share those moments with them is just, like, I feel really honored for, for people to do that and trust me with that. So That's beautiful. And I'm sure it meant the world to them. Okay. Um, this is my last question. But um, <laughs> I could sit here and talk with you all day. I know. We so, could forever. And we probably will after this. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, you know, for our young people listening, and this is Education with an Edge, and it's geared towards young adults who are navigating through life, um, but how have you in your life used art photography, um, art and photography, as, as a powerful tool to express yourself and help others um, throughout your life? And, and, I, and I say this because you do such an excellent job you know, of you're a lifelong learner, Josh, you sharp, you, you work on sharpening your skills and on, on become being better in your craft. I mean, and some would say that you're at the, you're a very humble person, but some would say that you're, you know, at the peak of, you know, you're, you're phenomenal. I mean, you're just really, really good at what you do and you found your passion and you've gone after it. And, um, you know, what would you say to a young person, you know, that is maybe has a creative niche but doesn't know what to do or or how to break into that? Yeah, um, man, that's a good question. You know, I, I can only think about kind of when I was younger how I felt. Um, and, yeah, art and I, it just, that was my outlet for everything, whether it was music, um, painting, you know, and then photography, um, you know, when I was younger, the town I grew up in, um, there was no one that looked like me. Um, when I moved there, I didn't even speak English. <laughs> and um, it was it was hard to, where, where you feel like you kind of belong, but sometimes people remind you that maybe, you know, they, quote unquote, you don't belong. Um, but I think it kind of goes back to kind of what I was talking about with photography like being able to to be there with people i photograph people with completely different views from me like people that I, I didn't agree with or whatever but i always just look at the person and a lot of times i think about kind of the inner child of mm -hmm. each person and um how i think a lot of people 
and it, it, I don't know, a lot of people just want to be loved and, and be seen in a sense. Um, and so for younger kids, you know, luckily there's a lot more access um, to things online, even YouTube, um, to learn how to sharpen skills or do things like that. I almost think more about with parents. Um, I didn't always have the most, like, uplifting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. I mean, my mom was always very supportive. Um, My father was a little bit more tough. And uh, I think for the parents, just supporting your kids and loving their unique quirks. And you never know, like, if you support that vision, people can create a career. But we also need to remember that we are not our career. We are unique, beautiful individuals, and each of us are this puzzle piece that makes the world better. And I think a lot of times people that don't have that support end up going different, more difficult routes. And I also think about, you know, just having compassion for one another, putting yourself in other people's shoes is a really good start because I think if you can have a solid foundation emotionally, and I know there's so many things we could talk forever about that um there's so many things kind of around that but i think just loving people loving yourself um we hear it all the time but it's such a hard thing to do it's really hard to love people (laughs) and um but i think that's kind of the beauty in it too because you have to work for that and that sharpens you and i think you know for kids you know i had a video camera vhs video camera we're making movies i think the first movie we made i was five years old (laughs) That's amazing. And, um, you know, my sisters were into it. And we just had really supportive parents around us. And um, that just rooted us on. And I think for, you know, especially teenagers, don't listen (laughs) to this negative stuff. Don't let, like Chris said, don't let your diet, you know, consist of dread, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Look in the positive. Look at what you have, even if it might be just a little bit. Look at what you have and try to make something with that, like, when I started, before I even had a camera, I would borrow friends' cameras. I would, I would just ask, you know, to do things and um, work hard at it. Um, I had people in my whole entire life tell me that I wasn't good enough all the time. I mean, it, it was a constant reminder of, like, you don't look like how we look or you don't love how we love or you don't do, you know, all these things. And finally, you know, for me, it's it kind of maybe in a more spiritual mm-hmm route but I was like you know this is who I am and this is who um, I'm to be and it's kind of like I'm this puzzle piece that's part of the whole picture and I'm going to be the best person that I can be um, and also not be too hard on myself when I you know I might with failures right Mm -hmm. And so yeah I don't know I think everybody has this thing inside of them I think that drives us right like you with the podcast and i mean you you do amazing so many ways I, I love it <laughs> i love it but you know it's just like just go for it yeah. you know time is short yeah and um love the people around you and love yourself you know as much as you can and don't let anyone i'm trying not to be crude with my language but, no you're uh, fine just uh <laughs> this is education with an edge yeah i'm just yeah yeah basically don't don't listen to negativity you know like everyone is so beautiful and and everyone's brain is different like 
that's probably one of the, the things like with photography everyone has a camera everyone has you know not everyone but people can get cameras sure. a lot of there's a lot of photographers in the world and i could sit there on social media look at one person's doing and be like oh well, i'm not i'm not doing that and now i'm terrible or i'm not doing this or this or this and uh, my friend jesse who's actually producing um the right here right now project he when i was in the beginning of my career he said you know josh like nobody is you no one has your brain like you are you are unique and everyone is unique so people get paid for their vision for their their point of view so i would just say trust in yourself trust in your your viewpoints and the dreams that you have don't let anyone damp damper them because a lot of that negativity comes from their insecurities mm-hmm. um I just say, for me, I just kind of put up these blinders. I'm like, this is what I want. I'm going to go for it and just try to do it. And if it fails, you continue on and make something better and keep going. So I don't know if that's. No, that's, <laughs> and it's, and it's beautiful because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of, I was like tearing up there for a second because my whole thing is, I mean, if we were to have missed out, I, it breaks my heart because I think we've missed out on so many people's gifts and what they had to offer our world because they allowed voices to tell them that they couldn't, or they allowed voices to tell them that they weren't good enough. And yeah, I mean, and speaking from like with you, I mean, that that would devastate me. We need Josh Foos. We (laughs) need people that, I mean, look for the beauty in people and look for the, the realness and the truth and, the fact that there's power in that and are are really changing people's lives. We need, we need, we need you, you know? Yeah. I mean, to be completely transparent, like there was a point where I definitely <clears throat> like almost wasn't here anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I struggled with depression and suicide growing up um, and no one knew it. And I was a guy that always made everybody laugh. I was the one that was like, try to you know if there's a fight I'd always try to break it up but inside I had there was a lot of you know hurt and pain and a lot of that came from you know people telling me I had to be like a certain way and and I I thought that's how I was supposed to be and it just stripped me of who I actually was naturally in so many different ways and I think when I was 28 I came out and that was a really big step for me um and it just it it lifted so much <laughs> off of me, and it's not even because that's like that's not all of me, no. you know. And everybody else around me had like it was kind of like oh well now you're just this, but I I learned through that what my strength was and it was there all along and it was that I am made who I am supposed to be, mm-hmm. and um, I just need to live in that truth. And it's too bad that it took me 28 years to. You know, basically, I just didn't want to lie anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm not a liar. I've always hated lying. And um, I just always felt like I was so dishonest with people. And once I had come out, especially for younger kids, like, this yeah. is a huge issue. And especially now in media, you have people, you know, even with the trans community, talking about just some really hurtful things um, in the guise of a message that people, <laughs> I'm trying to state it broadly, but people tend to use, you know, certain beliefs to just, like, alienate people mm-hmm. when, on the other hand, I hear, like, from the same people, you're supposed to love people. And like I said earlier, it's hard to love people. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's hard to love people because the ones that are <laughs> trying, like, are have gone through 
their pain and mm-hmm. their hurt and they have insecurities. So it blocks that, right? Like it blocks us to step further and reach out to people. We only see the outside. We only see, you know, the what we want to see, mm-hmm. I guess. And like doing these projects, like there's so much more to people. There's so much more to people. Like even on social media, like with, with any photo, people could say like, Oh well, they look like this, so they're this way, or they're not smart because they do this, or they they you know dress really nice, or and it's just it's just you know it's not right. And um, I'm very lucky to have um, really good people in my life that reminded me that um, I should be here. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a whole lot of people, but it was enough. And um, when I felt so free from that, I just kind of, it was like the world opened up. And that's why I think it's so important. You know, I, I don't have kids, but, you know, if I did, I would I'd want to just try to love them as much as possible and let them know, like, you can tell me anything. Like, even if it was something terrible that you did, like, mm-hmm. that's what unconditional love is. And I think, you know, it's just, just loving people <laughs> unconditionally, you know, not saying, like, you know, I love you, but, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of my life was that way. And so I don't want to treat people that way because I know what it's like. And so, you know, with, with a lot of the parents, teachers, um, there's so much stuff on Facebook with families bickering back and forth. And it's like, remember who they are. Who who are you? That's why with even the project, it's like right here, right now. Like, this is you right here, right now. Like, who are you, right? right. <laughs> In a sense. And, um, yeah, I think... And I just went on a whole ring. I could talk about stuff forever, but um. no, that was impactful. And and I can guarantee you that there's a young person, which is what this podcast was all about. Is that I wanted to go there. I wanted to because I had lost students. Um, mm. Because I I wanted I wanted to prevent families, and I wanted to prevent kids, and to know that we we need them, and we need them, we need them to persevere and. Um, we need their strength and we need their uniqueness and it matters hearing, hearing it from someone like you. That's cause I can't imagine my life without you. Cause I love you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I but, can't imagine, but it's hard when you're in it, when you're in the midst of it. Well, I think, you know, for me, I just didn't, there wasn't anyone around that I knew I could even talk to. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why it's so like amazing. Like you teaching and like being one of these people that are like having these conversations and, you know, with students and younger kids being that person that's like, come to me if you need someone to talk to Because if I had that, I would have probably been in a completely different place because I was taught that, you know, like with being gay, it's like, well, you're you're less than. You're, it's not enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. And your my self-esteem was so low. And I think if I would have had that encouragement, you know, I mean, even career-wise, I don't know, you know, the confidence level would be so much <laughs> better but you know everything I think everything happens and I'm I'm at where I'm at and I'm still grateful for all of it but yeah just supporting one another and you know looking at the the person having compassion for the person and you know practicing yeah that unconditional love not like oh well they are wearing this or look this way or whatever it's like I always have in mind with, with the trans community the suicide rates that are there and then you know I hear from the other side of things, like a lot of hate. And whenever I listen to it, you know, I'm like, have you forgotten that this is your neighbor? Like, have you forgotten 
you know, like I grew up in a very religious family and um, I'm a Christian myself, um, but we have different viewpoints on things. And um, it was really hard because like for me growing up, it was like, you know, you hear God accepts you. But when I would go to church, um, even though nobody knew, it was like, well, God loves you, but not, not if you're this. And it was hard because I actually wanted to be a missionary. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I just want to go help people. And I just never did because I thought I wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean is, like, supporting people, encouraging, especially young kids. Like, just, like, I love you, and you can do whatever you want to do. Like, or I will be the person to help you do yeah. these things. If you need food, I will help feed you. Like, these are basic things. Like, you know, with me growing up in the church, like, you always, I always heard those messages, like, feed the hungry, help the orphan, help the widow, you know, the mm-hmm. poor, like, um, the immigrants, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everyone. And, and to me, I think that is, you know, no matter what you believe, like help others, you okay. know, like help people. Like I, I, it's so, it's so, um, it feels alien to me that there's people that, you know, don't want right. to do those things. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm ranting. No, you're perfect. And that's why, but that's why, honestly, why you are living out your purpose and your passion and your mission and you're doing it through your art and you're doing it in in such a variety of different ways through your art, through your photography. Um, We are, my love, running out of time and I'm sorry. Um, But I, by far, I mean, you are one of my very favorite, dearest, dearest friends. Um, And I'm so very proud of you and I'm so very proud that you never gave up, and I'm so very proud that you're not afraid to tell the truth and to see through people and to help people see themselves. And um, I'm so very, very grateful that you were agreed to be here with us today. Um, if you would like to know more about uh, my wonderful friend Josh Fu and his project right here, right now, um, once again, go to www.righthererightnowproject.com or check out their Instagram at Right Here Right Now Project. And you can also now uh, book your very own session <laughs> at his brand new studio, which we are so excited um, at www.joshfu.com. Or you can check out his Instagram at Josh Fu Loves You. And Josh Fu, we love you here at <laughs> Education you with an Edge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Once again, this is Jaquel Lane, and I am your host with Education with an Edge podcast, the podcast that is surrounded by Every Child Matters because that's what we believe, and you should too. We're rooting for you, and we're grateful for you. Thank you. If you have a question or just want to learn more, go to JaquelLane.com. Thanks for listening to Education with an Edge. A Huda Media Production.